Welcome to the What the Fuck Is That podcast, where we ask the age-old question of what the fuck is that? I'm your host, Jess. I'm Jen. Every time. Did you just forget what you're going to say? I had like a tummy pain that came (laughs) and I was like gonna say something and then I was like, no, now it's now it's gone to the breeze. (laughs) I don't know, guys, my brain is just fried because it's already almost 2024 and I'm still processing 2021. Yeah, that's (laughs) (laughs) that's the biggest thing I'm still processing and everything is still happening so no dead ass because we were just having a conversation about like life and years ago and how i just kind of like forget about certain things that happen oh yeah and, and then, then i it's process like, it later yeah i feel like it's been something major every year and i'm like i would like that to stop please seriously and thank you yeah i am done with my turbulent 20s i'm ready for my thriving (laughs) 30s god i can't even think of turning 30 Ow! are you okay yeah i was gonna turn the light down and then i couldn't figure out where my phone was thanks i was gonna ask you if you could do that yeah you're welcome but yeah like i'm ready to be done with my 20s and into my 30s because huh i'm not ready for my 30s whatsoever Really, it terrifies I don't know. Me. It's from everything that I've heard from other people, like it's scary building up to it, but then you turn 30 and you're like, this is fucking badass. No, I have a friend who just turned 30 mm-hmm. and I'm like, so how does it feel? She's like, honestly, not that much different. She's like, I don't feel any more mature. And I'm like, mm. Because you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. It's... I don't know, man. At this point, I can think about, like, two months in the future without getting anxiety. Dude, I, I can barely look, like, maybe two weeks in advance. That's fair. Maybe. Survival mode. It's fine. We're good. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We're fine. The magic's fine. Louise is fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) What could go wrong? (laughs) Sobs. (laughs) It's fine. Humor is our coping mechanism. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. So what are we doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, I'm working. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to attempt to make a turkey, which I've never done. Yeah, so uh, won't be eating that one. Fuck off. <laughs> I have to decide how I want to do it, though, is the question. I mean, you just have to make sure that you don't give your children salmonella. I mean, like, I have the thermometers and everything, so I'm fine. Okay. I can. Okay. You know very well. That if it's the first time I'm doing something, recipe-wise, I will follow the instructions to a T. Yes, that is And very then true. from there, I just assume I can make it from <laughs> my brain every time. 
And that's where it gets a little dicey, to be quite honest. Yeah, so this will be the <laughs> first time I'm making a turkey. So, like, everyone should probably line up for it because it'll be the best turkey that I will ever make in my life. God. I'm scared to come home from work. Because, and... okay, but you also know I'm going to, like, scour the internet and oh, find yeah, the best 100%. recipe. Like, I'll yeah. have a pie chart and everything that shows directly what the best method for cooking this fucking turkey will be. Yeah. And it'll be great one time, and then I will just assume every other time, and it will not be like that. No, it won't. <laughs> that know. first time, mm, y'all better fucking watch out. I just know Jessica's excited for my mac and cheese, mm-hmm. which I will make sure to make the night before. Yeah, it's so probably that way, a good idea. Yeah, so that way y'all can heat it up for Thanksgiving on Thursday. Nice. Because I will not be around to cook. <laughs> I think I'm just going to make working. some dessert things. There you other go. Other than the turkey. There good you go. at desserts. Yeah. You are. You definitely are. Something chocolate prefer- preferably, please. My mom has these chocolate peanut butter bar things. I might get that recipe from her. Okay. She has that one and these raspberry bars. Those are also bomb as fuck interesting mm-hmm. i honestly am hoping that my boss will make more brownies do they make bomb brownies oh my god she makes bomb ass brownies do i get to go to the christmas party this year duh yes. christmas party Ooh, i am i love christmas i hate christmas it's uh <laughs> i saw a tiktok today that i agree with most wholeheartedly thanksgiving happens during the christmas season it's its own holiday no (laughs) yeah so it's a holiday for eating food and that is how i will recognize it um that's how i've always seen it to be quite honest during the christmas season so i not in the christmas season yes in the christmas season all this to say i will be putting up my tree in the next week it's the Christmas season. Spooky season just ended. I know. It's fall. And now it's the Christmas it's season. fall. It's not even winter yet. I don't see your point. Winter equals Christmas. Okay. If I get... I am the holiday queen. If I get <sighs> two months... Of Halloween, you bet your sweet ass I'm going to get two months of Christmas also. That's four months of fun holiday decorations. And then, and then, I might procrastinate on taking it down. And then just put up Easter after. This is my life. All the holiday decorations. This is my life. I deal with this. This is amazing. I don't know what your problem is. So I'm going to put up the tree. So um, it's happening. We just agreed that it happens during the Christmas season. Therefore, Christmas means tree. I don't have to decorate the tree, but I am going to put it up. Maybe I'll put leaves on it. It's a tree that happens. Oh, fall tree. Oh, fall tree. How lovely are thy branches. I don't know how the rest of the song goes. That was the only part I knew. 
I was like, I wonder how long she's going to go for. I know, like, <laughs> how it's supposed to sound. I don't know what the actual words are. <laughs> oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. That's all I got. That's, That's all you got? Yeah. <laughs> it's impressive, really. All right. Well, before we take you on a journey of murder, let's remind y'all to check out our Instagram. Our Instagram is WTF is that pod over there. We post all of our fun little activities and when our episodes come out, it is also home to our link tree, which has our Patreon, our Amazon wish list, a link to listen to the show, as well as our form for submission for creepy campfire tales at the moment we don't have an actual set date on when we're going to be doing another creepy campfire tales but that will be coming out at some point also if you go over to spotify and like and review the podcast that is the very best way to get us to grow it lets the spotify gods know that we are doing a great job with this podcast that we are putting out and you really really like it and you want other people to hear it and really really like it as well So make sure to do all that on the Spotify, follow us on the Instagram, and all that good fun stuff. Woohoo. Boo, 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 boo. Okay, you ready for this murder? Let's do it. Awesome. Hey, Jen. Hey, Jess. Have you ever heard of the boy in the box? What the fuck is the boy in the box? Oh, thank you for asking. I can't wait to tell you. It's actually really gruesome and I don't want to tell you about it but here we go <laughs> yay not yay <laughs> not yay like sad but then yay at the end oh okay great like tldr okay big sad yeah for many years then big happy at the end then big happy okay yeah okay so i want to set the scene for you because this is kind of a crazy story to begin with okay like as for my tldr obviously crazy okay so it's february 23rd 1957 in philadelphia okay it's a little drizzly outside a lasalle college student parks his car off saskatchewan road near a catholic residence for wayward girls that was very detailed yeah do you want to know why he was parked on that road Why? by a school for Catholic girls, Why? this grown man. I don't want to know. Because he was going to peep in their windows. Gross. Obviously. Why else would a grown man want to be there? I mean, that's fair. Like, uber ick. Yuck. Icky. Yuckas. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> fun too <laughs> so we both knew what was gonna happen <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> okay so this predator of a man yes walks through the empty lot that separates the residence from the parking lot okay that's where he found a box oh i, mm-hmm. I, I just an innocent just an innocent little box. I have a feeling I know where this is going, but okay. Yeah. Um. 
So this box was actually a JC's penny box that they used to ship bassinets. Oh. Yeah. Like it was a very specific box. Yeah. They knew immediately what it was just based off the box. I mean, they used to have like really nice packaging. Yeah, back then. that's true. That's so, fair. Especially from department stores like JCPenney's. In the 50s, yeah. yeah. So he sees this box and he doesn't think anything of it. Like, it, again, it's a box. He's walking through an empty lot in between two places. Yeah. About to go get his nasty little Ugh. pedo freak on. Um, Until he looks inside the box and sees a small corpse. Oh yeah, but why would he look inside the box? Is my question. I see a box. I walk past it. Well, so it turns out he had seen like there was a shoe around, and he had noticed the shoe. Oh, okay. And I think the boy's feet were like sticking out of the bottom. Okay. So it's one of those things where he couldn't like not tell something was wrong. Got you. You know, because I was like, if I see a box, I'm just gonna walk past it. Yeah. No. He. I think there was some little clue. Got you. Um, but, you know, instead of calling police, because he was going to do pedo things, mm-hmm. he went the next day to confess to a priest. Mm. Because isn't there a law that you, like, a priest can't... Yeah, they can't testify against yeah. you. Which is fucking wild. Well, okay. No, they can testify against you. Okay. But they cannot use anything that you say in confession. Okay. So I think he was in confession. Because okay. it says he went to confess to the priest. Okay. Yeah. Because police actually get away like around that sometimes. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, so that's what he did. So the priest was like, homeboy, you need to call the cops. Yeah. Do you want to guess what he told the police he was doing in that lot? Because why the fuck? Would he be there at night? Of course he's going to lie, but what did he say? He said he was chasing a rabbit (laughs) when he found the box. Fucking idiot. Okay, Alice in Wonderland. Well, I'm just like, you didn't think that they were going to put two and two together from where you parked to where you were walking and go, hmm, that's suspicious. Suspicious. That's weird. (laughs) Don't be suspicious. Don't Don't be suspicious. Anyway, so police arrive at the lot, find the box, and the young boy inside. He was pale and wrapped in an imitation Indian blanket. Which is weird to me that he was wrapped in a blanket and not just left nude. Because it almost feels like the killer was trying to make him comfortable. Yeah, I mean, kind of shows remorse in the end. Yeah, and like wanting to make sure that it's comfortable and not yeah yeah, and not like displayed yeah he wasn't posed necessarily yeah the psychopathy of killers who then pose their victims is like oh okay yeah so while police are inspecting the area they actually find a royal blue corduroy cap and a path in the weeds that went straight from the cap to where the boy was found oh which i don't know i don't know if that Makes it feel like he was brought there and left there or if he was killed there. But he would almost have to be brought there because they didn't find blood. How did he die? I don't know. We're going to find out. Oh, okay. We're on a journey. We're about to go over the autopsy. Remind you, 
I did these notes <clears throat> 10 months ago. Oh, so you legit. So I am read. I'm literally <laughs> reading to you what I wrote 10 months ago. <laughs> We're both on a journey here. Like, I know the case. Yeah. But I don't know what I wrote. Okay. Okay. So. The autopsy was done by Dr. Joseph Spellman, Philadelphia chief medical examiner. He determined that the boy was between four and six, blonde hair, blue eyes, and his hair had, like, mostly been buzzed off. He okay. was only about... Okay, so mind you, this kid is between four and six years old. Right. He was only about 30 pounds at the time of his death. Wow. For a four to six-year-old? That's really light. So something's going on here. On top of him having this emaciated body, there were also some older scars... The older marks included an L-shaped scar on his chin and a one-inch surgical scar on the left side of his chest, a round irregular scar on his left elbow, a well-healed scar at the groin, apparently from a hernia surgery, and a scar on the left ankle that resembled a cut-down incision to expose veins for blood transfusion. What did this kid go through? Well, it sounds like he was, like, sick almost. Yeah. So, like, what is going on here? Because that's a lot of scars that seem, like, from surgery. Yeah, medical procedures. For such a little boy. Yeah. Wrinkled hands and feet indicated that the boy had been submerged in water immediately before or after his death. It is suggested that the boy's head was squeezed and that's how he died. Oh, my God. That takes a lot of force to do. Yeah. But then the part that gets me is the bath thing. Because it would have been immediately before or immediately after. Yeah. Or maybe both. We're going to get into conspiracy theories later on. Okay. But that's wild. Now, there was a report that another man had found the boy before the peeper did. But he never reported because he didn't want to be implicated. Right. Which I understand to a point, I guess. Okay, I guess. Yeah. So because of how long it took him to report the boy and how cold it was, like, it couldn't give them a time of death. Wow. So they're just basically guessing at this point. Yeah. They have no idea how this boy got there. They have no idea who he even is. When he got there. Yeah. Nothing. Even with all the identifying marks on this little boy, no one knew who he was. How does how is that possible? Because, again, it seems like all medical stuff. So it's yeah. really weird that no one was like, hey, I know those incisions. But I mean, in general, how does a child go missing? A four to no six one, year old. Yeah. And no one's looking for them. We're going to that's a part of the conspiracy theories. We'll get into it. OK, it's a whole thing. Because no one knew who the little boy was, there were over 400,000 flyers sent out. Visitors from 10 states came to view the body, and the American Medical Association even put out his description. They sent the foot and fingerprint samples to hospitals, and they got nothing. Wow. No one knew who this kid was. Wow. So they are going across literally the whole country. And no one is coming forward about this little boy. How does this happen? Right? 
So with every other lead drying up, the police decided to focus on the box because that's really the only lead that they had. Yeah. Was a box and a corduroy cap. Yeah. There were only 12 of these JCPenney's bassinets received. All of them were cash purchases. Okay, so that's really hard to track. Exactly. And again, it's the 50s. So if it's a cash purchase, you're fucked. Eight of the 12 people who had received these bassinets actually called the police saying that they either had their box or had put it out for the trash. Oh, wow. So that leaves four boxes. The box did have a serial number on it again, but again, they weren't able to trace the exact person that it went to. Yeah. Because if it's cash purchase, again... Yeah, it's not going to scan that way. Yeah, they have it recorded that, yes, that is a serial number for that bassinet, but not directly who it went to. Like I said earlier, they had the box and they had the hat. And those were the two things that they had connecting this boy to the living. And so to clarify, he was... It was only the hat. That's the only piece of clothing he had. That they could find. Yeah. Okay. Because he was wrapped in that blanket. In the blanket. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now they're focusing in on the hat. It was made by a woman named Hannah Robbins who owned the Robbins Eagle hat and cap. There were only 12 caps that had been made with that material. But she remembered the one that was found at the crime scene because the purchaser asked for it without the strap on the back. Oh, He was a blonde man in his late 20s who came back a few months later to have the strap put back on. He did pay in cash, so it's another dead end. Oh, gosh. But again, the boy in the box is a little blonde boy. Yeah. And this is an older blonde man. Yeah, so possibly his son. Exactly. Five months later, they bury the boy in Philadelphia's Potter's Field with the tomb inscription, Heavenly Father, bless this unknown boy. Oh, Because at this point, that's that's all they have. Yeah. They can't really do anything else other than rest this body. Yeah. That's it. That's all they got. So what about the blanket? Can they trace it at all? Could they trace it at all? No, because it's the 50s. Uh That's the other thing. Like, you have to keep in mind, this is before a lot of technology happens. Yeah, that's true. So there were several theories that the boy in the box was a bastard son of the daughter that lived at the foster home. Uh So the daughter of the foster parents. But then there is another where people think he's the son of the actual foster parents who live there. Arthur Nicoletti and his wife slash stepdaughter what Anne Marie Nicoletti he married his stepdaughter from a previous marriage that's wrong on so it's many levels weird but like if you are seeing this really weird thing that happened and that lives down the street and they're also foster parents yeah it's don't be suspicious don't be <laughs> suspicious So the other slightly suspicious thing is that they had a garage sale with a bassinet that looked like the JCPenney's one. Huh. Okay. However, they were quickly ruled out. Anna Marie had a boy who had died young and mysteriously. Do you want to guess how this is a gruesome fucking death? Do you want to guess? No. 
He was electrocuted on a nickel ride in front of a supermarket. What? That's how her son died. He was electrocuted on a nickel ride in front of a grocery store. Oh, my God. So, like, I can understand why they don't really want to talk about their dead child. Yeah, I mean, understandable. He was electrocuted in front of a grocery store. It was probably a horsey ride. That's terrible. Horrific. Theory number two is that the boy was sold to an unknown man. Investigators Lou Romano and Jay Hoffman, who took over in the 90s after the case was reopened, they had gotten a report that a man who was renting a house from another man stated that he had sold his son. Like, what? What? However, after further research, it seemed like the man and the boy had similar features. Uh-huh. They wanted to do DNA testing, but nothing really came of it because they just didn't have the resources. Because, oh. again, this is the 90s. Yeah. They got reopened in the 90s, and this was it. And that's just when they were starting to get figure DNA out. testing yeah. yeah and they were starting to go back on cases and figure it out yeah. but even if they had the dna it was going to take a while to get it tested yeah so number three a psychiatrist from cincinnati had called regarding something one of her patients had said the patient's name was martha she said that her mom had taken her to a house when she was 11 and traded an envelope for a boy Martha said her mother was very abusive and wanted to inflict her abuse on a boy as well. The story was that the mother had beaten the boy to death after struggling to bathe him, which lines up with the last theory, like, as far as oh, shit. them being bathed right before or right after. And that, like, seemingly the boy was clean and cared for because she was also treating him like a son. She just had to get her abuse out. Whoa, that would make so much sense. Because when you had told me about the fact that the boy was wrapped in the blanket. Which again, level of care. Yeah. And then placed in the box, almost like shelter or uh, like a bassinet, you know? Yeah. For a child, like as if she's putting him down for a nap. And the coroner had said that the boy was clean in general. Yeah. Like, he had the bath, but he was, like, even though he was smaller, he was clean and generally well cared for. Yeah. That led me to think immediately that the killer was a woman. That makes sense. Yeah. The, and the lack of posing on the body. The remorse. Yeah. Yeah. So this theory actually held so much merit that even the original investigators thought it was true. Oh, wow. So remember how I said at the beginning, TLDR, like, boo, sad, and then yay at the end? Yes. Well, here's the yay. Okay. Which feels, like, wrong to say for a true crime case, but here we are. We're, we're going for it. But on April 24th, 2019, a court ordered allowed investigators to exhume the body and do DNA testing. Oh, yay. With that test, they were able to connect the boy to a second cousin once removed. Okay. After 65 years of searching, we learned the identity of the boy in the box. Joseph Augustus Zarelli was born January 13th, 1953, from West Philadelphia. He had siblings and two deceased parents who never reported him missing. Why? 
There is no information yet on what caused Joseph's death due to it being an ongoing investigation. Like, it is currently an open investigation. What? Well, when you just find out in 2019 who he that is. That was four years ago. I know. But again, this is a, like, almost 50-year-old wow, case. wild. Over 50. 70-year-old case. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. But I just, they never reported him missing. Why would you not report your own child missing? Unless you killed your child. I mean, even then, like, that's risky. Because other people have had to have seen your child. And, like, how are you going to explain it to others, like, if you're a community? I don't know. But also, if he's having all these surgeries... Maybe you could just fib and be like, oh, something happened because it's the 50s. No one's really going to follow up on that. Yeah. But then couldn't they say like, oh, well, when's the funeral? Like, are you going to do this and that? Like, maybe they did. We don't know. It's an ongoing investigation. Wow. That's going to be interesting when all the information comes out. But the fact for years. So I really wanted to cover this case because this has been one of my favorite unsolved crime cases. Yeah. And I was looking forward to doing it because then they finally found out who it is. The next one that I'm really excited to do, which is a similar thing where it's been years and years, couldn't find out who it is, is the man on the beach case. Yes. That one's really good because they just found out, I think like a year or two ago, who he is. Really? Not that long ago. Okay. The one that I'm still waiting to figure out is everything with the Black Dahlia. Yeah. That one's the next one. That'll be fun. That's going to be a good case, too. Yeah. But yeah, that was the boy in the box. And I don't even like calling him the boy in the box anymore. No, he because he has, has a identity. name. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the case of Joseph Augustus Zarelli, formerly known as the boy in the box. Oh, that's I mean, I'm. Glad that we figured out 70 years later who he is. And now we can really start to investigate the why. Yeah. Now that we have the who, there's a little more space to go. Let's follow these dots. Because you have the A, yeah, who he is, and you can track where he came from to the B of his death. Yeah. And even if his parents are dead and they're the ones who caused his death, at least, like, there's a reason now. Or, like, we can see what happened and why. Yeah, we can start to talk to people who are around at that time and we can put things together and let him come to peace. Yeah. Wow, that was a crazy story. I know, and it's one of those ones that when we first talked about doing the podcast, I went, do you know the boy in the box case? And you went, no, and I'm like, great. (laughs) We're covering that one immediately. I mean, I had, like, heard of it, but I didn't know, like, all the specifics of it. It's a wild case. Yeah. I I just, poor baby was so young. Yeah, that's, geez. Already, in one year, two child murders, man. We're just on a roll. I don't know what it is. (laughs) We're starting off strong. Woo! (laughs) All right, you ready to horrify us some more? Yeah, let's see what I got here today. Are you ready to do this? No, but you're gonna make me do it anyways. Absolutely, I am. Mm. (laughs) Mm. All right. 
Well, since we talked about murder and dead people, I mean, that's kind of all we do on this podcast anyways. It's at least half of it. Yeah, pretty much. Probably like 65% maybe. Maybe a little less because there's some spooky shit. I don't know, man. We don't have the exact schematics (laughs) figured out. Someone run the numbers. Anyways, dead people. Ready? No, but go ahead, I fucking guess. (laughs) He's trapped in. All right. So dead people can actually get goosebumps. That's enough out of you. (laughs) What? You don't like that? You like goosebumps. Ooh, I actually just thought of another disturbing fact that I'm pretty sure you're not going to know about dead people. Okay. Well, I was going to say it gave me the flash to when we went on, which I don't think we talked about on my get. Our town has this really nice Victorian mansion, and they have this really awesome Halloween tour that we got to go on that we posted about on Instagram. It was so much fun. But they had one part that was dedicated to, like, the dead and embalming. And I get freaked out every time I am reminded about the tombs that were made with the bells just in case people were buried alive. That is actually my favorite fact. Really? It creeps me out. Well, I think that's one of my biggest, like, scary things is being buried alive. Probably, yeah. I think that's why it freaks me out so much. I absolutely love it. And one of my favorite movies or, like, horror movies or Uh series actually incorporated that. Um, The Nun, the very first one. Oh, yeah. Incorporated the bell, uh, the grave bells. Yeah, no, I did not like that. It was, oh my god, I loved it. So, people actually used to think that your hair and your nails would grow after death. You never heard of that? No. Yeah, people used to say that. Like, they used to believe that. It's like, yeah, your hair and your nails still grow after you're dead. That doesn't make sense. So, and I mean, it is a fact that you see more nails... And more hair after Uh death. But it's because of the water leaving your body. So your skin shrinks. Ow. (laughs) So it raises your nail beds. Making your nails look longer. And I'm sure like pushes everything out that's already grown. Yeah. And then it like pulls your scalp. Showing more of your roots. So it looks like your hair grew. Yikes. No, thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, on that horrifying note, Gilbert says, Gabagool and peace out. (laughs) Uh, Bye. 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 Stop.